Alright guys, welcome back to Team Turf Talk. Uh, we have Uncle Matt, my uncle, <laughs> t- today, um, who actually started a lawn care business with my dad. All the family stuff coming in today uh, when y'all were teenagers. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for having me. I'm Matt Warren, uh, Hunter's uncle. And uh, we started a lawn service back when I was... 12 called J&M Lawn Service. Uh, it was a small little business, but I've, I've always kind of been a serial entrepreneur and uh, grass cutting sure was a lucrative way to make some money back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We started small. Uh, it actually started when I was a, a lawn boy for a neighbor down the road. His name was Jeff Chaplin and he lived about 10 houses down the road, had a nice Georgia, real thick grass. Uh, he, he needed a guy to help cut it and started working for him. Uh, it turned into, he had a basement and wanted me to do a bunch of manual labor under the basement, digging out the basement. So I became a, a basement digger uh, for seven bucks an hour back when I was like 10 years old. You know, just, just labor, straight labor, no no head knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but he said, you know, you could probably... Uh, he actually, I turned into like doing everything for him. I was uh, shining his shoes. He paid me to shine his shoes. He paid me to clean out his basement. He paid me to, uh, but he was a, he was just a good guy. He kind of took me under his wings. He was a sales guy. Um, he sold nationwide, um, all kinds of stuff. So I, I was really, I looked up to him at the time and really tried to learn all I could. Um, and, uh, it, it, it got to where he, he told me one day, he's like, why don't you, um, why don't you start a little lawn service? <laughs> and so I, I started to just look into it. And, uh, my brother and I were needing, needed a way to make money. Uh, my dad was not going to hire other people to, to cut the grass in a professional lawn service when he had two young men at the house. And so we started cutting the grass around the yard and uh, that turned into one day he came home and he had a brand new Craftsman. Uh, no, it was a, it was a Toro uh, pushmore self-propelled and it was like 400 bucks. And he said, I got a, I got an idea for you guys. I'll, I'll give you a, a loan if you guys will, uh, uh, pay me back, you know, you could use this and make a little money and cut some grass. Yeah, that's awesome. So y'all have, or you have been kind of searching for the money in any way, you know, from shoe shining to cutting grass. Um, so how, where did that drive come from? You know? Yeah, great question. Um, I think, well, first of all, my dad, my dad was an entrepreneur. Uh, he's owned his own engineering firm for 40 years. Uh, he, and so just growing up, seeing him on his own, on his own business, um, I worked in, in the yard with my, my granddad all the time, your great granddad. <laughs> uh, I, I worked all the time in, in, in the yard with him whenever I was with him on the weekends, helping him pick up leaves and working in the garden. And, uh, I think that's where I got my green thumb was helping him really, I mean, he had four foot tall squash plants, you know, black dirt because he had a compost pile and he really believed in the whole sustainable gardening. Uh, so I learned a ton from that, but 
you know, dad told me early on when I was a kid, he said, uh, you're going to want to drive one day. And if you're going to want to drive you and buy a car, you know, I'm not going to buy that for you. You're going to have to pay for your own truck. And I really wanted a truck at a young age. I, I saw older folks, my brother, your dad, my brother was, uh, you know, five years older than me. So, yeah. um, uh, I, watched him get a nice truck and I knew I wanted a truck one day so I had to earn some money yeah. and uh, I like to call it he had a you know, 401k Dr. Warren is what I call it because <laughs> he agreed to pay half of the my, our first vehicle he agreed to pay half um, up to $4,000 he would pay half of it but we had to pay for the, the taxes and the title and the insurance and uh, cell phone bills and gas, you know, tires, brakes. If it broke down on the side of the road, we had to pay for the tow truck. Uh, so there was an early incentive to yeah. Uh, I've had make money. Yeah, I've had the same same thing. I've heard that story a time or two. Uh, my dad had the same has the same thing for me. And when you're that age, nobody will hire you. Yeah, no place will hire you at age 12, 13, 14, 15. You have to get a babysitting job. Right. I mean, cut grass, babysit, cut grass. Baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I chose to cut grass because I could scale it. Scale uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. What do, what do you mean by it? So, I mean, obviously you could babysit a lot of people and you can cut a lot of yards. How, how did the lawn care scaling incentivize more than babysitting? Because I could have multiple crews. Multiple uh, crews. Yeah. I had, I, it, it ended up getting, getting where, so my, my, my brother and I started J&M Lawn Service, and within two years, we had 12 yards. Okay. Uh, and that was just strictly word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, where I scaled it was when I bought it from him. When I was 14, uh, he was going to go off to Clemson, and yeah. he, because he was going to move two hours away, he could not um, keep and help out with the business. So I said, hey, well, why don't you let me buy it from you? And so I paid him. $400 cash that I had been saving. Um, and I was 14. I'd, I'd saved up a little squirrel's nest of cash. Uh, he wanted to get out. We had 12 yards. We had some equipment. Uh, we added up those yards, multiplied it by a factor of probably two and a half. Um, so if there was a $40 yard, we multiplied that by two and a half. That was what it was worth. And uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. But yeah. We came up with a value and it was $400 is what my share of it was to buy him out. So I bought him out and right away changed it from J&M Lawn Service for Jason and Matt's Lawn Service. I changed it to Matt's Lawn Service. Yeah. Um, and I was still 14. I couldn't drive. Right. So I made a little, uh, what I mean by scale is, you know, doing, you can scale with economies of, of scale or economies of scope. Right, you right. Know, economies of scale is instead of just doing one yard when I got to the cul-de-sac, I'm going to try to do all four of them in the cul-de-sac. Yeah. You know, I, there was one time where I, I could park at one corner and I started with one little yard on the on the tee and sooner or later I got the one across the street and then I went over and asked these two and said, hey, I'm already working here and I'm already working there. May I cut your grass and cut your grass too? And so I got four, all four. So I'd stop my truck one time oh, yeah. and got economies of scale. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, economies of scope is when we, you would show up and then say, hey, 
um, cut up all the weeds as well? Could I trim the shrubs? Could I uh, edge, you know, real detailed edge and pull the weeds behind it? I tried to just stay in my lane and just stick with the, you know, dad said, you know, you really need to focus and just do four things. And that, that was mow, edge, weedy, and blow. Yeah. I didn't try to trim shrubs because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I didn't try to, you know, pressure wash. I didn't try to do the scope things. I just tried to stay in my lane. Yeah. Um, so with, through my senior year, I was cutting, um, I, I could do about eight yards on a Saturday. Yeah, um, that's impressive. And I, I could make more money before lunch than my friends would make, you know, working three months at, at the mall or something. <laughs> uh, but I, my senior year, I had 35 yards that I was maintaining a week. Wow. And I sold it. Um, it was 33 to 35 yards. We, those are all weekly customers? Yeah. Wow. And I, yeah. I sold it to a larger um a larger landscaping company my senior year. My allergies got real bad with all the leaf mold and the, the pollen that my allergist was like, hey, I don't care what you do. You just got to quit cutting grass. Um, and one month later, I started a pine straw business. And uh, I, I bought the pine straw wholesale and turned around and sold it to landscapers and uh, homeowners and grew that business, paid my way through Clemson. My senior year of Clemson, I had 735 customers that called once or twice a year for Pine Straw. That's awesome. And I sold that business as well. So. Yeah. So through all these different businesses, what are some things that have uh, kind of maintained the same or some skills that you've used in all of these businesses that others could apply? Yeah. And there's a direct correlation with what I learned when I was your age in the lawn service, uh, just cutting grass you know it seems like you're just cutting grass but you're learning so many more skills oh, yeah. um, to what I'm doing today there's a direct correlation between the things I learned um, between the ages of 12 and 18 that directly impact my job today and make me more successful at sales I'm uh, today I'm in the uh, commercial HVAC world I represent a company that you know, puts in ultra high efficient HVAC systems for hospitals and nursing homes and um, large large energy users and those skills that I learned from marketing myself and marketing my company at age 12 creating the flyer creating the ad you know making specials creating discounts creating uh, buzz creating urgency um, you know nothing like a flyer that says Hey, I'm a high school kid trying to earn money this summer. You want to hire me? <laughs> you know, to get people to get excited and and call you up. You know? Yeah, you're, you're cr creating that differentiation that I needed to do when I was young um, with the lawn service. I'm still doing today, but I've, it's like highly honed because I've had a lot of practice. Yeah, you know, I did a lot of a lot of marketing in different avenues um, at a young age, and today it's like second nature because I started young. You're doing that. Yeah. Were there any defining moments, you know, when you were 12, 13, 14, that really honed in those skills of sales or any defining moments at all between that scale? Um, yeah, defining moments. The first one, the first story that comes to mind is, is that the first yard that my brother and I got, we didn't know how to price it. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, we had one mower, one edger, one weed eater, and, and a blower. And we showed up. We didn't even have an edger at the time. We were using the weed eater to turn sideways, which I don't recommend at all. Uh, but we were just starting out. We had no equipment, you know, to 
anyway, the first yard was $20 for the first yard. <laughs> and the way that my dad recommended that we structure it, any money that comes in, half, 50% needs to go set aside for the equipment fund. So we would set aside 50% of the, the, the money because one day, you know, when you got 12 yards at age 12, you got 12 yards and the lawnmower dies, you need to have money squirreled away that you can get it fixed or buy a new lawnmower. Right. Otherwise, you got 12 customers that you're going to lose, right? So 50% of the money needed to go to the equipment fund. Um, and then the other 50% was to take 10% of that and use to market. So we would take the 10% by flyers, um, uh, create magnets or uh, business cards. Or I like my favorite was the business card magnet that the customer yeah. could keep on their you know refrigerator. Uh, but that 10% was from that, and then 40% was for labor. So after all that yard cutting, you take $20 and cut it in half. $10 goes to the equipment. You got $10 left. Well, $2 of that goes to marketing. Yeah. So we split $8. That means I got $4 for my first yard. <laughs> $4. So that, that was a lesson learned. Obviously, we needed to go up on our price because that was, it felt like it wasn't much at all. And, and it's still, it wasn't much at the time and it's not a lot now either. Uh, so the next yard we did for 25 bucks because we said we're not going to do it for that low. But you got to start somewhere, and I, I like to call it buying your business. You know, at some point when you're starting out, you got to buy your first job or two. You got to buy the business, and that's doing it for a low cost or getting in there, just getting the door. Maybe there's a nice neighborhood you need to get in. Maybe you got to lower your price to get in that nice neighborhood to get the first guy. Once you got the first guy, then you can go oh, yeah. door knock, you know, and say, Hey, Jim's using me. I'm over here. Can, would you like a quote? Could I help you? Yeah. So, it, that was a lesson learned. That was definitely a defining moment that I remember 20 bucks is 20 bucks. <laughs> That's low. Yeah. I know when I was first starting out, my dad, I assume from that, told me, don't set the price on them. Let them set the price on you. He told me, you know, just tell them, you pay me what you think it's worth. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you can, if you think that's a little low, bump it up a little bit. But it kind of gives a ballpark of... Yeah, you can always negotiate and say, yeah, oh, that, that's really... I'm getting 40 for, you know, 40 down the road. Yeah. Uh, but there's a rule in, in law and service and a rule in all sales. He who says the price first loses. Yeah. He who says the price first loses. And Why is that? Because you have the upper hand. You have the advantage when you're the person who... Uh, holds back because I mean, what if he'd have come to me and said, I'll pay you 50? You know, I couldn't. He who says the price loses first, but there's sometimes you just got to give a price, right? There's, I mean, that's that doesn't work all the time. You got customers that, hey man, just tell me the price, I'll pay you, yeah. Um, but whether you're selling a car or selling anything, a, a, a lot of times he who says the price first loses. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard that one before. That that's that's a, interesting. Uh, because it, it, it's a negotiation thing. You know, in, in sales, it's kind of different because you're they require you to sell it, tell what you charge. You right. know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not necessarily. But when you don't know what to charge, a lot of times, if you just say, "Yeah, like you said, what do you think this is worth?" Yeah. Um, so, it, another defining moment was you know I couldn't drive. 
um, when I was 14 and I bought okay. Matt's lawn service. Yeah. I, how am I going to grow my business if I can't drive? So we lived in a nice neighborhood that had, uh, it was a uh, middle-class neighborhood that had nicer homes. Uh, there are about a hundred homes in the, in the neighborhood. Uh, I wore out the flyers. <laughs> I put, uh, luckily I could put flyers in, in paper boxes. Yeah. You could put flyers in paper boxes. You can't put flyers in mailboxes, as you probably know. Uh, but I, my dad helped me create a wooden frame over top of my little push mower. I had a self-propelled push mower and just a standard 24-inch mower. But it made a wooden frame that came over it so I could bungee cord my weed eater and edger and gas cans <laughs> on top of my push mower. And so I could really, I could, I could huff it up the hills and huff it down the hills and go down the neighborhood. But I had this little frame built. It had like two by twos on the front, right, right where the wheels are. And it came up to the back hand, you know, hand holder. But anyway, I could strap my equipment on there and get on down the road. I'm sure that was quite a sight. That was. The neighborhood. <laughs> but you know, that allowed me to save up money. And before I could buy a truck legally, I bought my first riding lawnmower. So I was riding a riding lawnmower next. Yeah. Uh, I saved up cash and that equipment fund. I used it instead of going through and buying another push mower once that wore out. I bought my first Craftsman. Um, I think it was a 42-inch deck. And that allowed me to buy. I bought a 4x4-foot trailer uh, that I extended the tongue on that allowed me to put all my equipment in there. You know, it's like a little mulch hauling trailer. Yeah. Um, but that, that really allowed me to scale because I could put my equipment in there and really haul it up the road. Uh, I did learn a lesson though, because a lot of the customers didn't like it when I went to the riding lawnmower. Interesting. I, I got a lot of complaints uh, because of how, you know, when you cut grass, I know you know this, when yeah. you cut grass with a push mower, you really can make stripes and, you know, make the line straight. Right. You, you're, you're, you're not necessarily over going over your tracks every time the same way. You try to mix, mix up the tracks. If you go this way the first time, next time you want to go this way. Right. You know, every yeah. time you go different with a riding lawnmower, there's only so many ways you can go. And a lot of times you go around and it makes track marks. And then I had customers complain because the, the riding lawnmower, before you know it, you're chewing up um, the plastic four-inch sewer Oh, clean yeah. outs yeah you know i was chewing up those i had a customer i hit him like three times in a row you know he was ticked yeah uh, hitting a lot more sprinkler heads with the riding lawnmower than i was with the you know so just a lot more economies of scale but yet you had a little bit more um issues to deal with with that yeah uh, but after that then i could really move up and got my own truck put the equipment in the back of the truck got a trailer could go up and down the road with the trailer um, so that, you know, what are you going to do if you can't drive? Nobody will hire you. You know, you're too young to work at the mall. You're too young to work, um, anywhere else. I think it makes perfect sense for people to cut grass. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that definitely was, is interesting about the mower. So when the, you would hit these sprinkler heads and hit the <laughs> things, how, how did you, uh, kind of dissolve the anger and has that, correlated into I'm sure you have angry customers now and I'm sure there's always the angry customer so how how's that uh skill I guess of dissolving yeah you learn real quick yeah. that things are going to happen and uh you got to jump right into it jump on it and fix it and not let it 
you know, if I hit it, I would be like, hey, hey, Bob, I hit this, uh, instead of letting it linger and and really turn into more of an issue and turn into drama or worse, let him find it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so a lot of times today in, in, at my old job or at previous jobs, if there's a, something that I did wrong, you know, I try to own up to it as quick as I can and try to fix it. Yeah. It's never good when you hit a sprinkler head and then the sprinkler system goes off and it spews everywhere. Yeah. And the, that's how the customer finds out. It never goes over well. But sometimes you don't know. Yeah. And just fix, just get the call and go fix it, you know. Yeah. Um, but next time, put it lower. <laughs> you know, tell them, you know, hey, I, it was high. But I, I'll fix it and I'll put it lower, you know. So, yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. I did, at the time, I didn't know anything about irrigation and uh, didn't know what I was doing. So it's just a matter of, got to fix it. Yeah. Keep them happy. But that really grew into you know, keeping those customers and, and just showing the initiative that, Hey, I'm trying to fix it here. I'm doing the best I can, uh, turned into keeping them happy. And the word of mouth spread, you know, I had, I had shirts made in, I was going around high school with an embroidered polo shirt that said Matt's lawn service with a John Deere looking riding lawnmower of Matt's lawn service. So I had <laughs> teachers talk, talking about it. Um, the buzz from, you know, I, I was hired by several of my teachers in high school, to work on their yards, uh, awesome. just a, a clean cut, sharp dressed, you know, s still keeping up with my grades. I, I wasn't a straight A student, but I, I didn't fail either, you know, <laughs> graduated from Clemson. So I had to get to college, you know, so that, there's a lot of balance. I also was a swimmer. Uh, I balanced all the lawn care with uh, sports. I, Swimming was mine. I was first in the state my senior year in uh, 50 meter freestyle. Nice. So having the balance, you know, I was able to luckily swim early in the morning before school. Yeah. Um, I was in the water at six in the morning and then I'd go to school and then after school I'd cut grass. Um, yeah. So I imagine time management was very key and a very fastly learned skill. Good point. Yeah. I learned time management. Uh, that was critical. I, one thing that really worked for me was... Anytime a customer would call and want a price or, or talk uh, or want to talk about it or want to quote, I would start these little um, carbon copy quote sheets. It, it was okay. a little, you can get them at Office Max yeah. or Staples, uh, but they come in a pack of 100 or 50, I forgot, but they're like two, two, copy, you know, two copies. So mm -hmm. if I quoted a customer, I could give them a copy and keep a copy. But that's a lot of times if there was 10, 15 minutes in class when... Um, the teacher wasn't doing anything and I had, or she was going over what we're going to do today and I could still listen and do something. I, I had a little metal clipboard that I would organize and uh, arrange my, my little quote sheets. Um, they're like invoice statements, you know, Yeah. but I would organize them by, okay, I need to call these people. I, I would write on there. Okay. Bob Smith. And he called from this number. Here's his address. Uh, and then once I quoted it, I'd tear off a copy, give him a copy and I would keep that yellow carbon copy. Yeah. Uh, I'd keep that. And that was my form of following up or, you know, uh, because I had a paper copy, I had to do something with it. You know, right. but yeah. all that time management of, of having these things also back in the day, you probably don't even know what these are, but I had, <laughs> I had a Palm Pilot. Yeah, I've never heard of that. What is that? <laughs> a little Palm Pilot. It had, and you had a stylus. It was like an iPhone, um, but 
all it could do was it couldn't call. So what do you do with an iPhone that can't call? Yeah. Uh, but it, it was a. Uh, um, it had tasking, and so it had calendaring, and it had contacts, and so you could um, create schedules of like, I'm cutting these yards after class, and if it was a rain day, then I would just move them to the next day with this little stylus. Yeah. Um, so it's like an organization tool, but there was there were zero high school kids, friends of mine, that had Palm Pilots and a Nextel, you know, beep, beep. You probably don't even know what those are either, but it was a, a it was an old flip phone that had a Nextel push to talk thing, and you I, I would talk to my uh, employees that they were all 1099s at the time, independent contractors. But <laughs> you know, I hired all my friends um, over the course of high school to work for me and cut grass. That's uh, awesome. So time management, organizing all of that. Yeah, so organization played a key part in that time management. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, follow up with the customer. I use those skills today. Oh, yeah. You know, being able to field the call, screen the call. Is it a job I even want before I even go quote it? You know, is it something I can handle? A guy calls with three acres and I got to push more, you know, not even worth going to quote, right? Right, yeah. So, you know, learning all about screening customers, uh, filtering them out. Putting them in a pipeline, you know the sales funnel. Yeah. Putting putting prospects in through, through marketing, putting prospects in, and then slowly you get some quotes, and then you get leads that come in from referrals, and ultimately you've got this pipeline that you end up making sales. Yeah. And the repeat customers, they call back again. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we've definitely hit some very key skills, such as you know the time management. And, you know, the whole uh, dissolving anger in customers, dissolving uh, when you make mistakes, owning up to them. They're going to happen. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. It, it, every, it, if you don't have a customer that's upset with you, you know, do you have enough customers? <laughs> you know, you, you got to fix them. I mean, yeah. problems happen. Yeah. Know? Well. And, and I want to say one thing. If I could teach, yeah, yeah. If, if I could say uh, one tip to a young teen is don't just think of it as a summer job. Don't just think of it as I'm going to go make 20 bucks, you know, right. and put it all in your pocket. Actually think about it as an entrepreneur and, and grow it to sell it. Entrepreneurs grow things to sell them. They always have an exit strategy, right? What's my exit strategy. And if you, if you do this right, you can end up with a big check. Yeah. If you're going off to school and you got to go away, it's a nice starter fund for college. You know, uh, grow this thing to sell it is my suggestion, and don't just think about it as something that you're going to do and then quit. Right. Think about it a little bit differently. You know that the, those pieces of equipment, the customers that you have, the the systems you have in place the clipboard, the, the marketing that you have in place, the social media you have in place. The, as my dad said, the most valuable thing that I had at the time was a ringing phone. You know, that's, so I actually sold my phone. I sold really? my cell phone. Wow. He, he got my number. That's awesome. Because that's what they were calling. Yeah. So I just told all my buddies, hey, call me on a different number. <laughs> you know, I'm happy to sell my number if that's what you want to buy. You don't write yeah. me a check for it. So having... Having, you know, and I, I packaged it all together. Um, 
on, on like a proposal sheet for this. I had all the pieces of equipment, everything from trimmers to <laughs> weed eaters to blowers to signage to magnets to all the ads I had put in Irmo News and uh, Lake Murray News and uh, the newspaper and the magazines, the Lake Murray Times, all those different marketing pieces are assets. Yeah. They're not just nothing. I mean, I paid for them. I designed them, you know. Yeah. All those are things that are worth something. And even if he doesn't need those and just wants the customers, it doesn't matter. You, it comes with the package. It's worth money. Right. So by taking all those and, and we actually had an agreement that, uh, the gentleman that bought my business, he was a large-scale landscaper. He bought me out. He said, um, "He said, and when he signed the contract, he said, if 80% of these customers don't come over to me within the next year, I want to renegotiate our price. So, I mean, that seems like a valid ask. That's a win-win, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it was an incentive for me to hand off my customers correctly right, and not just be like, I got my check, I'm out, I'm going to college. No, I, I called them, I followed up, I set an appointment for us to meet, me introduce them to them, you know, told them they're in good hands with Bill, uh, Billy Reed was his name. Um, he's not doing it anymore, he's moved on, but you know, that, that was an incentive, that was smart, because yeah. it was an incentive for me, he really didn't care about my wore out equipment. Right, right. <laughs> he, that was just, he, he had spare equipment, but what he really wanted was those customers to come back because that's where he, he had, a, he had 85 yards. Oh, wow. And so yeah. to add my 35 to it, that's like a, the next level, you know, yeah. that's over a hundred yards a week. So you said that you bought it from my dad for 400, you bought my dad out for $400. So it was worth $800 then. How much did you sell it to this guy for? Uh, so it was 8,000. 8,000. So you 10 X multiple yeah. over the course of five years in high school. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. That's, that's wild. And that's the real wild. success was I used all those skills when I sold it. I, I used all the skills from marketing and sales and customer satisfaction a month later, you know, once I sold it and had an agreement, I was already scheming on what's, what, what, what am I doing next? And the one thing that I realized when I was cutting grass, the one thing that so many customers wanted was pine straw. And yeah. here locally, I don't know where our, your listeners are from, probably all over the world, but uh, one thing that we have local here is pine trees. We have a lot of pine trees. And this long needle pine straw was a premium mulch that people put around their yards. Everybody wanted me to do pine straw. And I would turn them down, I'd turn them down, I'd turn them down because dad told me to stay focused. Yep. And that was smart advice. In, in, in high school, I just needed to do what I did. Yep. Uh, I was averaging $45 a yard at the time. I just needed to stick with that. Yeah. Eight yards on a Saturday morning at 45 bucks a piece, that's good money. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially when I was doing it myself. Um, but to turn – so I kept a list, a mental list, and also I started writing them down of who were those customers that wanted Pine Straw. And so a month later, after I sold it and transitioned it off, I opened up the doors of Pine Straw Plus. And, um, you know, that I was able to get, I had um, these suppliers that brought them to me a, a thousand bells at a time. I stored them in a fenced in area. And if he wanted 50 or he wanted 100, I would, I'd, I'd mark it up and deliver it to you for, for a price. I'd, I'd spread it for you if I had the time. But I was able to do that. And, but my point is this is valuable when you're a teenager 
doing these skills because it doesn't matter what business it is. I had a solar business. You know, I had, I've had multiple businesses that it's the same skills, sales, marketing, growing a business, running a business. You know, it's the same thing that it transfers. So go yeah. ahead and start young where there's zero risk. Yeah. What risk do you have cutting grass as a teenager? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You hit a sprinkler head. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? it, it, that's the biggest problem. Yeah, you get. Or you can't pay the payment on the lawnmower. You know, that's that's the the most risk you got. Yeah, well, it's been very great talking to you. Uh, I'm very ready for some steaks. So let's do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening. And actually, this will probably be close to Christmas almost. So happy Christmas too. We're recording this at Thanksgiving, so. We're going to go eat some food. It was very great talking with you. Thank you for all the advice. Thanks. Yep.